This podcast is presented by 323 Entertainment. You can find this show and more wherever you stream podcasts and music. And while you're there, please follow, rate, and review. And if you want to help us continue to grow and get better while also getting exclusive releases and free merch, please support the 323 on Patreon at patreon.com slash 323read. You can subscribe for as little as $2. $2! That's patreon.com slash 323read, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash 323-R-E-I-D. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 323. I am your host, Reed Murphy, joined by the incredible dynamic duo, the next great buddy cop comedy, Scott Elia and Zahair Ali. <laughs> running down bad guys and racism all over town. Now one of us is running. <laughs> <laughs> they one of us being racist you <laughs> how are you guys doing tonight splendid splendid i'm still on a win high i'm exhausted but i'm on a win high that's all that counts hell yeah okay. feel, feel hung over right now i did you, you're getting there right it feels like a little bit of a hangover but we got quite a bit zoo you have a you i hear you have a shout out to go into the show is that should we do something more natural will it come up naturally or can i just like bombard you and bombard whoever the shout out deserves no we'll just just get straight to it i want to give a quick shout out to espn for actually hosting monday night football on the espn plus service i know it hurts you so much to actually let us watch sports on your sports network app (laughs) that we pay for i'm sorry for your for whatever emotional damages this may cause you, but thank you so much for letting me watch Monday Night Football in a fucking service that I pay for. Yeah. <laughs> that actually just wait for the kids. I was waiting for the kids' sound, but there we go. That's what I was waiting for. Shout out to ESPN. I'm yeah, nice to actually have it on a service. This whole NFL plus shit. It's been insane not being able to watch. Like, I was trying to watch the game last night on Peacock, and that pissed me off that I got on there and it said I needed premium to be able to watch Sunday Night Football when I thought you could just have a cable login and be good to go. Makes no sense. We need more Amazon Prime. Give Bezos do more. Buy everything. I'll just give my, I'll, I'll just give my Peacock. And apparently, like, sign in, read. There we go. Apparently, even if you have direct TV, like, you have to pay extra for the NFL stuff on top of that. Yeah, yeah, for like Red Zone and all that shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's insane. And it's an insane just, price. So I just want to watch a game. And it's just going to go up even more probably next year when the rights revert because I think DirecTV is going to lose it. It'll probably go somewhere like Apple. Well, it's almost gotten to the point now to where like it might be more cost effective, Jack, to just switch back to cable instead of streaming shit again. Yeah, the bubbles burst. That stream, that beautiful streaming bubble that everybody was enjoying has finally burst. Except you can get pre- uh, Peacock for $1.99 now. If you get it this month, in the month of September, you get a dollar ninety nine for a year, or per month for a year. Well, I was gonna say, I was like, damn, I'll pay two bucks real quick for now, a whole year worth of subscription. No, that's how they get you because Paramount Plus did some shit like that for their anniversary, 
really did. It was like it was like ninety nine cents for yeah. three months, and then you forget that you have it, and then all of a sudden you get like a credit that you paid seven ninety nine for Paramount Plus. I was like, what the fuck is that? Am I supposed to watch Halo now? I I forgot that was yeah. That's, that's <laughs> what time, time isn't like Bar Rescue on Paramount? It's like yeah, that's all they got is like Bar Rescue, yeah. Halo, and like Bundesliga soccer. <laughs> I would just watch iCarly. Yeah, iCarly. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> well, Miranda Cosgrove's only like yeah. a week younger than me. Oh, hey. Shout out to Miranda Cosgrove. Let's see if we can get her on the show. Oh, don't tease me. <laughs> well, before we jump into all the madness, we are in a post-week one of the NFL world where we're just feeling a high, we're feeling hungover and sorts, and you know what that means. But before we do that, we do have some show cleanup to do. I want to take care of some some business that's happened in the last couple of weeks, some things that we didn't really stop and dive into as they happen. The first involves Scott during the uh, college football preview. And oh, Scott loves his dad jokes. He loves oh, yeah, his dad jokes, and we didn't... I, we did not stop on this. I wish we had stopped and just dissected it a little bit. But Scott botched a great dad joke, and it went a little bit like this. If you haven't heard their rendition of Chris Brown's "Run It," I suggest you go run and to your local, your your nearest computer, tablet, or iPhone. Yeah, botched it. It botched it. All your confidence leaked out in that joke somewhere. <laughs> In my defense, I think that was like, I think we recorded that like the day before I was on my deathbed. So I don't think my brain was all there. But yeah, that's still inexcusable. Botching a dad joke. <laughs> Would you like to take another stab at it? Get some redemption? No, I'm, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'll see if, well, if you, you haven't heard their rendition of Chris Brown's Run It, I suggest you go run and to your local, your, your nearest computer, tablet, or iPad. <laughs> Well, see, I'm, sh- I'm showing my age because I think what I wanted to say was run to your nearest record store. And I was like, wait, that doesn't make any fucking oh, sense. Oh, God, that's even worse. <laughs> oh, records are coming back. <laughs> they are kind of coming back. I haven't seen like a legit record store that's also not like an antique shop, too. But that's at least right. Fredericksburg. I'm sure there's got to be some better ones in like, you know, more populated cities. That's why I like FYE. It's records and Funkos. <laughs> Gotta love a Funko. Meanwhile, in 10 years. the second thing to clean up here happened uh, during the show with uh, me, Zoo, and Emily as we were giving, you know, reasons for fandom. And we got to number one, and Emily gave a beautiful reason as to why she is a Bears fan, explaining, you know, how her grandpa... Uh, or your late grandpa got her into Bears fandom and his love for the team went to her. It was a great explanation. It was powerful. It was beautiful. And I did not realize as it was happening that there was an audio fart that just blipped and cut right into the, you know, the sweetness and delicacy of that moment. And I just like to, to sit on it for a little bit and own my fuck up here everybody chooses you know their own reason for a football team for me my abuelito he spent a lot of his formative years you know in chicago and you know the very hispanic side of chicago 
Chicago is definitely split up between a white sector, a Hispanic sector, and a black sector, it feels like, in terms of the city. Um, but, you know, he was a massive fan. Like, even when they sucked, he was still dedicated and loved them. And so, for me, when I had to pick a team, it was a no-brainer. I didn't have any connections to anything except knowing that he grew up loving them. So, I will love him, them and carry on for him. That's a fair. That's a fair reason that we can't, uh, you know, trash on or joke on. I think that's when Scott's video game, the video game version of Scott, just died. It was his soul leaving the show somewhere. <laughs> it's like uh, whenever you see like any like it's like a lot of these like newer Marvel movies when they have like a really built up serious like heart-wrenching moment and then they'll undercut it with a joke really quick that's what that just felt like <laughs> like oh the tank is special well read watiti read watiti i like it i could roll with that <laughs> oh i just got a text from my mom saying did you know andy reed is mormon yeah it's it's nfl nfl season is back baby you know what that means <laughs> football is back jeff brom can we talk some football? Well, let me answer, let me answer that question by asking you two questions. One, is this or is this not the XFL? Yes, it is. Two, do I or do I not currently have a pulse? Yes, I do. Let's play football. singing hymns again oh i missed you i missed you ladies and gentlemen this is the sunday hangover oh he hits those notes mark sinclair good god you're a monster oh football's back baby we have had a weekend we are really feeling it i didn't actually get into college football enough because i was too busy uh just getting my bets ready on nfl sunday and didn't feel nothing but heartbreak and shame after those but Still got a great debut win out of the Commanders. We got so much. Tampa Bay, Scott's Tampa Bay Buccaneers helped just really cap me and Zoo's day off. Super, super well. (laughs) But before I get into all of that, I would like to jump from that theme song right into another. Trust my punts to the sky. Durant gets twice as high. Let's take a look in the Chromebook. Reads Reading Rainbow. I can go anywhere. Trade rumors to know. Top fives to grow. Reads Reading Rainbow. I don't know if we have licensing for this theme song. Let's take a look in the finance book. Reads Reading Rainbow. Reads Reading Rainbow. Reads Reading Rainbow. 
reading with I, a I eye. said it once, I'll say it again. Lavar Burton's going to come after you, bro. Oh, he's going to come after this ass. He's gonna... <laughs> we have a cease and desist looking for <laughs> Well, boys and girls, welcome to Reading Rainbow. On today's edition of Reading Rainbow, Mr. Reed reads Sad Cowboys Tweets. Oh, we had so many sad Dallas Cowboy fan tweets. And we don't want to be, you know, biased haters on this show. So we'll use this segment of Reed Reads turned Reading Rainbow and the cease and desist lawsuit waiting to happen to really shit on Cowboys fans with love and respect. First, we have at Miguel Miggy saying, how is Bad Bunny going to perform better than the Dallas Cowboys at their own stadium? You're right, Miguel. You're right. But it is Bad Bunny. You got to expect the best. We have at Harrison Crank saying, the Dallas Cowboys represent America well, a historic franchise that is ran by an incompetent 79-year-old man. Hmm. So true, Harrison. We even had at Highlight Heaven with maybe the tweet of the night saying, I just threw my glass table at my 80-inch TV, shattering both of them. This team has humiliated my entire family. My wife and kids are in tears as 40-plus guests clear out of my house. Just threw my Rotomo jersey into the fire pit. I can't do this any longer. <laughs> Goodbye, Cowboys fans. And then, to cap it off, some hours later, in response to some uh, game criticism from, I believe, Bleacher Report, we had at Micah Parsons 11. Yes, that at Micah Parsons 11 the defensive rookie of the year last year for the Dallas Cowboys, saying, now go watch the tape and see what happened when it was me and him one-on-one. You hit someone not looking, you straight pussy. Stop hyping this weak-ass shit. It's football. That was about a... Damn. That was about a Leonard Damn. <laughs> oh, the Damn. threat after that was glorious, too. Oh, so much went seeing. down. Listen, I have zero tie to the Cowboys or the NFC East. I... I'll, I think I'll, I'll root for a Washington team simply based off of my connection to like individuals who are like, that's their favorite team. But I just love seeing Dallas fans cry. It's, so, <laughs> it, it's just such a what, cathartic experience. It's just so nice to just watch. Especially that meme's been circulating of the, the scenes from the, the Niners game in the postseason. <laughs> with everyone just like crying in their seats it's like one more week till we get to see it. i was like i did not think it'd be that bad on week one <laughs> it's glorious oh it's like, like i saw one of zeke sitting on the bench and said hey it's it's the nfl season the, the galas are already eliminated from playoff contention yeah it's honestly the Where most tolerable Stephen a smith is to me is a post cowboys loss on a monday god he's <laughs> it's the most fun i'll enjoy of him there was also Skip Bayless. It was more of a visual tweet, but Skip oh. Bayless just sitting kind of in tears with his Dak Prescott jersey on and ripping it off and fuck putting Skip on a Tom Bayless. Brady jersey. You can't deny fuck it. Skip I mean, yeah, fuck Skip Bayless. He deserves it. We To explain to everybody, if you haven't gotten the context, the Dallas Cowboys lost on Sunday Night Football in their debut. They lost pretty poorly. Scott, would you like to explain what happened since it was your team that did it? Uh, yeah, it was just a very odd game all around. I think final score is like 19 to three. And aside from Mike Evans touchdown, nothing but field goals. 
the whole game. Yeah. I mean, you got to – I mean, both teams – I mean, it, it's standard Cowboys primetime form, getting in the biggest stage, all eyes on them, and they're just choking. But, I mean, you just have a really strange performance all around. I mean, Brady was like eight, like 15 or 18 of 30 for like 200 yards. To, he got sacked twice. He threw a pick. I mean, then you have Dak going down with a, a just a tragic injury for the next couple of weeks. Just it's, tragic. But According to Schefter on Monday Night Countdown, it's going to be more than a couple of weeks. They're looking like it's not going to play until after the Cowboys bye week. Ooh. Which I think is yeah, he's getting thumb surgery this week. Yeah, it's like oh, week, yeah, week it's, 11 or so. And oh, damn. Steve Young and RG3 were not sounding pretty good about it talking about the screw in his hand and how they've never seen a quarterback was it on his, come back. Was it on his throwing, it was on his hand, throwing, thumb. throwing hand? Oh, so yeah. See, that's something I could see even see lingering around throughout the whole season at that point. I feel like that's if what Wilson had to go through last year. Right. It's like, I feel like if, if Dallas is set up by a time, he's on a timetable to make a return. If Dallas is making a push for the playoffs, I could see him coming back. But if they're so far out of it by that point in time, two months down the road, they might just shut them down and say, no, we're not risking anything further at this point. But it was just an odd game. I mean, we came away with the with, with the uh, with the win at the end of the day. That's all that really matters. Brady was so like down on himself in that post-game interview, too, about that one interception he threw. Like, he really took that shit to heart. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you just look at the stat line itself. I mean, thank God, you know, Fournette came to play. It was like he was like twenty for one twenty-seven or one thirty. Fat Leonard. I mean, so Leonard Fournette had a really great night, but yeah, I mean, Tom Brady was just very mediocre. One really bright spot, aside from the Mike Evans touchdown, was the one reception that Julio Jones had had down the right side. That was a really nice pass that I saw. He looks like he's going to be a problem. Like Julio, if he stays healthy, I did see the traditional right. uh, the the thing that makes you know that football season is here when you know Chris Collinsworth says, and it looks like Julio Jones is slow to get up. You hear that at least a few times every season. It's good to <laughs> yeah. good to see it's carrying on in Tampa too. <laughs> let's let let let's be honest. He this dude is in his thirties. He's in, he's got to be like thirty three or thirty four. So he's he's well past his prime. So yeah, he's gonna be slow to get up. A lot. And you talk about a mediocre performance from Brady. It's almost as if he looked like he was like a 45-year-old quarterback playing for the first time after, you know, being on the mass Singer. Right. Hey, man, like, I wonder what a dad to your he... kids for a couple months to do that. God forbid. <laughs> no, I wonder how he would have fared if he, you know, he actually went to OTAs and he was actually there for the offseason. But, I mean, it's Brady. I mean, he doesn't really need to prepare, I guess, in the grand scheme of things. But, yeah, it's it looked like he needed to – have that kind of game to knock a lot of rust off, especially at the ripe age of what, 45? Five. Five? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's 45 now. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how it'll look sometimes. But you know what? I, I appreciate him. He made me just, he just stupid smiling all morning. I was at Wawa just thinking about it. Honestly, thinking about the that loss and the commander's win and just smiling like an idiot around Wawa saying good morning to everybody in my commander's <laughs> shirt. It was a beautiful day. And we should I want to talk about the commanders. I want to get a commander's update from Zoo. I'll jump in there too because we were actually at the debut game for the team. But since we have Zoo, since we're gonna do a commander's update, 
I think this needs to be an actual segment. We need actual music. This is the way to your Washington Commander's update. Now here's the Commandalorian himself, Zahair Ali. Commandalorian, I love it. It's the Commandalorian. Oh, happy Commanders win. The first happy Commanders win, Zahair Ali. Happy Commanders win to you too, Scott. Jump on in here. Aww. It's, a, it's a beautiful Thanks, time. Guys. We're taking everybody in. We're giving Jaguars fans hugs. It's a it's a beautiful day. A beautiful day. Zoo, what what are your takeaways from that debut win by the team? We have an offense that can move. We oh have a quarterback that can throw. We have people that can catch the ball. It's incredible. The first two drives were touchdown throwing drives like well, the last time we saw that. It's ridiculous. Before we were born, I'm sure. <laughs> um, we have a productive offense. Like, from tight ends to running backs to wide receivers, like, everyone's got hands. Everyone's, like, juking defenders out of their shoes. It's – that, I believe, is going to be a force to be reckoned with. It's going to cause some upsets. Sure, we're still the commanders. It's going to cause some problems. It's the full Wentz experience. We got to see all of it in that game. The highs, the lows, the... uh, I mean, it made for an exciting debut, but not sure if I have the emotional tolerance to handle that every week. Uh, Defense still has some questions for me. In hindsight, because when I was watching the game, I was like, okay, our cornerbacks feel like they're doing pretty well. And then after watching it again, made me realize that there was a lot of... We got saved by Jaguars receivers sucking because they dropped so many balls, even though it wasn't even raining by the time the game started, <laughs> that you 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 wonder like how many of those could have been touchdown receptions. It's not even like there was a defender on them. I mean, our D-line looked great, but the linebacker cornerback problem is still there. The safeties looked wonderful, so it's nice knowing that we have huge depth. Like Cam Curl didn't start, but still... Jeremy Reeves, Percy Butler, Bobby McCain, and the beast Eric Forrest all showed up. Like, there's so much potential. It's coming together nicely. And I'm actually like feeling hopeful for the season, especially now that Dak Prescott's not in the mix. That's right. I'm so glad you brought up Derek Forrest, too. That hit that he put on Travis Etienne. Holy <laughs> shit. Woo. Every- I was acting a fool in that stadium when that <laughs> happened. <laughs> had- I warned everybody I'm obnoxious. <laughs> we really did have, we had a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. You can hear somehow we have our voices, but we were screaming like shit near the end, and especially in that fourth quarter as we narrowly escaped a uh, very disappointing day. <laughs> That would have been that would have been heartbreaking. God, drive honestly, was for me. so fun to watch, though. Like in oh, hindsight, great. like I love that it happened the way that it did from an entertainment perspective. Yes, and Carson went beat away his demons from uh, how his last season with the Indianapolis Colts ended in a very shocking upset loss to the Jaguars. Came back out first drive. We scored on the first drive, Zoo. Like that never happens. We never score on the first drive of the game. Get this. Between Hudson and Terry McLaurin, they both only had six receptions. Three of them were touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That's how we do it. And that's 
that's exactly what we were hoping for in drafting somebody like Jahan Dotson, getting a complimentary receiver to Terry McLaurin, that you're going to get some big production out of both sides. And it's great to see it. It's great to see the um, the effect that it also had on a healthy Curtis Samuel, which is that's been one of the biggest X factors that all the fans have been talking about. If Curtis Samuel can stay healthy, you're going to see some big production. And he already has a great connection and routine with Carson Wentz. So you got to love to see that. Um, I definitely I definitely can see and roll along that Wentz is a huge upgrade over Heineke. I love yeah. I love Taylor Heineke, but good Lord, Wentz has an arm. I'm glad he's our backup because he is very reliable. He's very yes. smart, and he's still like doing what he can to be like in the best shape, mm-hmm. and that's super important. But man, the with how evasive Carson was, like I'm always worried about his legs with the injuries he's had the last couple of years. But a couple of times, like he had a dude around his ankles, he just slipped up and then just threw a dart for 30 yards. I'm like. Oh god this this is what it feels like (laughs) well it's like for for somebody who watches the nfl from the outside looking at the 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 commander team it's like you almost would wish that you could combine carson wentz and taylor heineke into one quarterback because each of them have what the other person doesn't carson wentz is very physically you know there as a quarterback traditionally like i think he struggles a lot with like confidence and like his swagger a little bit where Heineke definitely has that, like he can really win you over with his personality. Where even though his his physical, his like his tangibles isn't that to par with Wentz at that point. I mean, even though Wentz is like by far the superior quarterback, mm-hmm. Heineke brings that extra, you know, X factor kind of to this to the field at the same time. I mean, we're just gonna hope that Howell's learning everything that he needs to from both of them. Yeah, getting the best. Fingers of crossed. Both. Well, and it's like, so even for me, like, so I watched a little bit of the game and I definitely looked a little bit more into like the box score, but it's crazy to see how decent the defense did for Washington without Chase Young. So it's, it's hoping. And Cam Curl. Right. Once and hopefully when they do return healthy, it just bring it just pushes them that much more over the limit, especially with everything going on in Dallas right now. That's what yeah, I'm really saying. sad to hear uh, Fedarian Mathis' season is over. I know he was a big part of their defensive scheme, and we're going to have to find some options for interior linemen again. Um, I hope he comes back strong next year, but that was just that was sad to watch him and get carted off. What you were saying, Scott, of seeing how impressive the defense performed. Like, do you said, there are some weaknesses still there. You can see in linebacker and at cornerback. Uh, Kendall Fuller, I think, played well overall. He's usually pretty reliable, but there were times he and Will Jackson both looked kind of lost. St. Juice yeah. is getting some – St. Juice, is, if he can stay healthy, I think could take mm-hmm. another step this year. But it is exciting to think about what this defense is going to look like once Chase Young is there. Cam Curl should be back relatively soon. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing that's going to help out the, 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 the secondary that much more. If you actually have a force like Chase Young right. rushing the quarterback, it's going to help the, the D-backs out a lot more. Because, dude, Trevor Lawrence could not run. They were not giving him the space. It's crazy <laughs> he to see He was running John for Allen. his life, like, in circles. Because <laughs> the way that they were actually, like, keeping him in the pocket and just collapsing it was right. very impressive oh, yeah. to watch. And that was coming from John Allen's big ass, somehow just like on Trevor the entire time. 
and hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> him Allen and, stays him and Deron healthy. Payne were on it. Oh, they were on yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think they both – didn't they both get a sack? I think they both got a yep. sack. Both got a sack. Even Jamin Mont- Davis got one, too. That got taken away. Montez Sweat didn't – I don't know if he produced the numbers, but you could definitely see the impact he was having on that side. He was pushing yeah. a lot of shit right. in and forcing Trevor to go over there. Um, I think – who do we lose? Do we lose Smith-Williams a little early? I don't know if two no. We thought out. it was Smith Williams. That ended up being Mathis, oh, and then okay. it was Allen towards the end. But all of his tests came out clear, so he's good to go. Okay. All right. So, yeah, I'm excited for hopefully week five. If hopefully right. we get Chase back in there. It's well. Be I think from the what I remember with the box score, I think they had double digit QB heads all yeah. day. So I mean, you got to love that out of your defense. Oh yeah, it was amazing. It's amazing. What Saint a- Juice got some good hits in. Davis got some good hits in. Davis is still a lost puppy, but yeah. Um, he's he's working there. I'm hoping that he's one of those guys that can improve. You know, it ta- it'll take like three years mm-hmm. or something. He was supposed to be a developmental guy, so hopefully the the talent is there, the skill level is there. He can. He just got to you know pick his. Uh, I mean, he's still sport. young. He's still like 22 or 23. He's right. still considerably young, but I mean, he's an SEC product. So the SEC is always really known for very solid linebackers. It would just be nice to get another, maybe a veteran linebacker in there. If there was some, like if we could have gotten Bobby Wagner in the offseason, I think that would have helped Jamin Davis a lot. Or Anthony Barr. Or Anthony Barr, anybody. Any of those guys that got, uh, let it go. Or if Jerry, Jerry, whatever the fuck his name is, didn't get hurt the second he got signed. I'm still in the camp. I know Falcons fans hate him, but Deion Jones, the linebacker in Atlanta, he's had some down years, but the dude is a special talent. I think it's just been a lack of motivation and coaching there. I would love for us to trade something low to get him. I think he would make a huge impact with Jay well, I mean, you even think of, I mean, you even think about like even available free agents right now. I think Blake Martinez is still out there. I mean, that'd be a solid veteran piece or Jamie Collins, like someone like that, bringing him in there just to teach him up would be really nice. That was commander's week one. We had an entire week one in the NFL. Hi. We had a week two though in college football. So before we get into the, mm-hmm. <laughs> before we get into the more of our NFL recap, Scott, it's time for your moment to shine. It's week two in college football. I need theme music for that. So, but un- until then, until then, we'll just play something Scott theme. Oh, my pizza rolls are done. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally unrelated. Metcalf just got fucked up for a fumble. Oh, Emily's poor fantasy team. Oh, and side note: it, Has Joe Schobert Sh- not been signed yet? Is he still out there? I believe he is. I think he's still out there. Maybe they should look. Ooh, maybe the Steelers need to look into him now that uh, TJ Watts looking like he's going to be out for a while. But anyways, very quick recap on college football. A couple games to kind of recap. Uh, of course, the three big ones, the three big upsets this week. App State over Texas A&M, who is ranked number six, 17 to 14. Texas A&M took a huge plummet down the top 25, down to 24. Marshall over number eight, Notre Dame, 26 to 21. They are now not ranked at all. Fuck Notre Dame. That's where they should belong. And then Georgia Southern. This wasn't so much an upset, but Georgia Southern over Nebraska, which inadvertently caused Scott Frost, the now fired head coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Not so much the results of the game, but the sheer amount of money tied to each of these games. 
App State was paid up one and a half million dollars to play that game against Texas A&M. So not only did they get a huge payday, but they walk away with a huge win. Marshall paid a million and a quarter to play that game against Notre Dame. And then Georgia Southern was paid 1.4 million. So yeah, huge money getting thrown around for these mid-major programs to play these more renowned programs as far as like a little bit of a layup, easy game. And it just shows that, you know, parity, even in the college football landscape is there, you know, these, these teams can, they hang in there more now than ever. Um, another big number to, to remember coming out of the Nebraska game is 15 million. That is how much money Scott Frost got to get fired from Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> so all in all, not a bad day to be Scott Frost. Not at <laughs> all. Oh, man. Oh, these Scots. But I wish I could get a $15 million buyout to leave my job. But um, And then two other games to kind of put on the back burner for this past week. Alabama barely squeaks a win over Texas 20-19. A lot of things coming from that game. Um, I think they definitely showed that they are human this season. I think the SEC is up for grabs, especially after that game. Um the results from that game bumped them from number one down to number two. So now Georgia is number one in the college football ratings, which I think it's deserving. Um, but one of my early predictions this year was it, for the SEC East, it's going to come down to Georgia and Kentucky. And I have Kentucky beating out Georgia. Um, I think this past week showed exactly that Georgia who was then ranked number 20 uh, beating number 12, Florida, 26 to 16. Um, UK is now in the top 10, whereas Florida is now just down to top in the 18. But one big piece that Kentucky is going to be getting back soon is the SEC leading rush from last year, Rodriguez Jr. Um, he ran for over 1,300 yards last year. He's been out um, due to a DUI conviction that he had last year. So I think UK is going to get that much more dangerous which with a very solid running back in their backfield. Um, and then just a couple games to watch this coming week. Of course, Florida State playing on Friday, going to Louisville, trying to extend our record to 3-0, and which will be nice and huge for us, hopefully breaking into the top 25 for the first time in a long time. Um, and then two other games. One, based off the pure matchup, um, this is, has huge playoff implications. Number 13, Miami at number 24, Texas A&M, um, hopefully – Jimbo Fisher can't right the ship and he loses another one as much as I hate both of these teams. And I wish they both, both could lose. Hopefully Miami could just beat out Texas A&M. And then also number six, Oklahoma is going to Nebraska to play. And I'm interested if Nebraska can actually win without Scott Frost now. So it should be a, if they can squeak one out against number six, Oklahoma, then that's going to be a very interesting to see how it plays out in the big 10 or big 12. Bringing up Oklahoma, how has uh, USC been doing with Lincoln Riley and all the steals that they took from Oklahoma? Yeah, no, USC is actually doing really, really well. Uh, I believe they are currently ranked number seven, so they're two and zero. They're in they're ranked number seven. They their two games they played, they opened the year off against Rice. Of course, they oh, just yeah. put the bricks on, and it was like sixty six <laughs> to fourteen or something like that. Um, and then they had the huge in-town rival game with Stanford, and they beat them this past week, forty-one to twenty-eight. Um, I mean, the 
their schedule is kind of soft if you look at it kind of on paper. But um, I mean, the, the, that the pack is such a close conference. Anybody could win it. So hopefully they can actually just keep the steam up with Lincoln Riley. Okay. I'm interested. And, oh, poor LSU. What your, what your team did to LSU <laughs> and, and fucking Brian <laughs> Kelly and his fake Southern drawl. And oh God! Did you see what happened in the press conference of how Brian Kelly with, with Lincoln Riley, no. not Lincoln Riley with um with Brian Kelly? Yeah, and the reporter that called him out, everything he called. No, he, he called, I don't. You're Brian Kelly, a, a ounce of my time. He called out this uh, reporter. She was like two minutes late. She was two minutes late in there. A few of them were just walking in late, <laughs> and he called her out like jokingly. And she shot back super quick saying, well, maybe if you'd win, I'd be here on. Time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and he <coughs> credit to him. He came back funny and, uh, you know, professionally back. But holy shit, they already uh, have zero respect. For him. I think this past game for LSU, they showed some fan right at, during a beautiful like touchdown play or something happened. A fan just oh, was it the sat. older lady with her to the smug face? No, it was just some guy who just walked onto the field and just put his hands on his hips and was just watching the game from like from <laughs> from like the ten yard line. I'm gonna have to try to anything. find you the picture of the lady who got onto the the Megatron um, after the second muffed punt that LSU had had. Just this, this look of disgust on her face was just so <laughs> funny. But no, and of course they came out. They they beat Southern this past week, sixty five to seventeen. Whoopty fucking do! But now Brian Kelly is a piece of shit. I'm glad they won. And of course I'm watching it. So after the second muff punt, we got into the red zone. We're on the doorstep. All we need to do is hand it off, get in the end zone. We were going to be up by a ton. And I was about to turn the game off and go to bed. And then we fumbled on the goal line. I was like, "Fuck Christ!" Now I got to wake and stay up and for this kind of stuff. But. <laughs> I just want to sleep. I just want to go to bed. And of course, I, I, of course, right when the when they when they turned over to LSU and they're marching down the field, like they're going to score a touchdown. I can I just know how it's going to play out. So they eventually score the touchdown. They line up to, for the, pe- the the point after. I was like, please get another second block in there. Please get another block in there. And of course, it happens. And went to bed. A happy man. <laughs> That's a great way to go to bed. A great way. It's the college <laughs> football season is off to a very fun start. Um, speaking of college football coaches and looking at a former one, Pete Carroll, as we're recording the show, ladies and gentlemen, Monday night football is happening. The Seattle Seahawks and the hall of fame quarterback, Geno Smith are currently beating the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson, 17 to 13. They just got a big play. Um, they might pull out this big upset win. don't know yet. We'll probably know by the end of this show. Is it an upset though? I think it is Geno Smith. Geno Smith and the Seahawks. I I mean, well, I mean, but you're also thinking about yeah, it's Denver, and they're they they don't have the amount of pieces that they gave up just to get Russell Wilson. Like, is it is it still considered an upset at that point? I mean, who did they really? They lost Drew Locke and Noah Fant. Now they got the uh, the tight end Albert O. That uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman refused to say his last name. I can't. I can't pronounce it. I won't try. I'll just keep. Uh, uh, Oakwood Jabunum. Oakwood Jabunum. 
okay, okay, um, uh, <laughs> Charles Barkley, <laughs> Valanchun, Valanchun, <laughs> I mean, thank God. I mean, Bron- the Broncos have Jerry Judy because he yes. is single-handedly just keeping them in the game right now. Is he? I mean, he's got the touchdown. I, I feel it's like two for seventy, right? I think he's two for seventy. I feel like this attitude and how we're answering questions with questions is exactly how we'll be talking about the Broncos and Seahawks all season. Or saying it's like, well, thank God for them. Well, can they? Really? Are we sure? Really? Are we sure? <laughs> I said that as Lockett had the ball in his hand and somehow still had bounced off and went out of bounds. Like, how? How? <laughs> <laughs> well, since we're back to week one, since we're back to we're at Monday Night Football, we're at the crunch of it. Is that all the coverage we're to give in the Broncos Seahawks game? Is that all that's warranted? Well, I wanted to jump into now. I wanted to get from each of us the best and most interesting thing that we saw from week one. Ooh, I want to get into I know my that number one. There was plenty that happened this weekend. The one o'clock slot, that early slate of games was fucking nuts. It was incredible. Um, as from what I heard, we were in the commander's stadium, uh, losing our shit, living our best lives, living our best lives, <laughs> dancing Jealous. all over the place. But there was so, so much that happened that you can choose from one, incredible thing from this game i wasn't sure what the more shocking sound to hear from the seattle crowd was at the start of this game whether it was either the booze for russell wilson as he came (laughs) or a gino chant from the crowd at one point that was so (laughs) like they are convincing themselves um well it's like you gotta think about uh, between those two which do you think you would never hear in your lifetime the gino chant seattle not in 2020 (laughs) (laughs) i can understand booing russell wilson he calls himself uh what does he call himself mr incredible or mr unlimited oh mr god he does it in the shirt hey lock you can catch a ball from gino smith i don't think gino's heard those chants since he was at west virginia I thought he was going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback after that 600. It was like a 600 or 700 yard game that he threw for West Virginia. I was like, that, oh, that yeah. guy's the number one pick. Prove me wrong. He proved me wrong. <laughs> eight, eight years later. <laughs> but we had that. Um, you could choose from the a whole bunch of things. Julio Jones, I've noted he's going to be a problem in Tampa Bay. Should he stay healthy? Uh, there was Soldier Field becoming Waterworld, which seems absolutely <laughs> unacceptable. Ooh. And I say that as a fan of a team whose field has mauled several star players, but somehow that's st- <laughs> that still helped out Chicago get the upset win over San Francisco. Depending on who you ask, you ask Emily, they were favored. They were favored by a lot. The Bears are winning it all this year. Okay. okay. You had Aaron Rodgers. They got beat down by the Minnesota Vikings. Just a, a beautiful throw he threw to the rookie Christian Watson, who just dropped it out of his hands. And I felt that as a fantasy owner who has Aaron Rodgers. But you also had Rodgers trying to get a chip block on Zadarius Smith and just got leveled. I love that. Um, oh, yeah. Did you uh, catch his uh, post-game interview? No. How did that go? <laughs> as well as you think. It was, it was roughly like... <laughs> He was he was asked about oh, there goes that man. the loss and everything. Yeah. He was like, all these teams in the AFC North think it's their year, but as long as I've been here, it hasn't been. 
So oh. we've had a whole season to go. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, I don't believe in moral victories, but it definitely felt like Detroit got a moral victory, losing 38 to 35 against Philly. Like Detroit, they yeah. got that that man Campbell energy, that man Campbell HBO hard knocks love going for them. Well, and especially with how high everybody is on Philly this year, like they shouldn't have any business even hanging in with them even that close. No. Yeah. And I don't know how you guys feel about ties, but I fucking hate ties in the NFL. I yes. hate it. And I hate it especially <laughs> when it happens in week one of the league and just <laughs> screws everything for the remainder of the season. You had the stupid, arrogant Colts who hurt our baby boy, Carson Wentz. And they should just get an auto L for Texans and Davis Mills' long-ass neck and all their unknown players <laughs> actually managed to almost beat them no, in tie. No, because that was my that was my that one of my biggest takeaways from this past week is that not a single AFC South team won, and yes, two of them played each other. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the stat of the weekend. That's the <laughs> So there's a lot to choose from. I know that there's a lot I didn't even get to. Um, Zoo, what was the best or most interesting thing that you saw from week one? I think overall it is just how the NFC East scored. Um, I mean, the Commanders game honestly could have gone either way, but the fact that it was that much of a brawl, I feel like the Jaguars actually have something there, but they just don't have it together yet, and I'm glad that we faced them before they got it together. I'm surprised how poorly Dallas did and how well the Giants did. And then you mentioned it already, the fact that Detroit's actually stepped up to the point that they're contending with who we thought was the clearer NFC East champion in the Eagles. So I three of the four NFC East teams are going to be a problem for the league. I just didn't think it'd be these three. New York looking good and getting some vintage Saquon was... I hate it, but it was also kind of nice to see Saquon back like that. And see how long well. he's there for? Oh, yeah. And and did you see how hype new coach Brian Dable was in the locker room? Just He had a Ted Lasso hit. scene at the he, end. He had a full Ted Lasso moment. Full Ted Lasso moment. I hate them. Scott, the best or most interesting thing from week one in the NFL? Ooh. I think it has to be the Steelers-Bengals game. And it even starts pre-game with Mike Tomlin buying all the players black Air Force Ones. Them <laughs> <laughs> going into this game, just just knowing that it's going to be a bloodbath. I mean, you looked at it. I mean, you have now TJ Watt, who's looking like he could potentially be out the whole rest of the season with uh, with a torn pectoral muscle. I mean, that would be a huge, huge hit, that Steelers defense. But, I mean, you have both McPherson and Boswell missing very key uh, field goals to you know put the game away. You have the Steelers blocking a winning play- point after to send the game into overtime. I mean, Burrow looked very, very mediocre. I think he went like 30 for 50 for four picks, and one of those being a pick six. I mean, it just – it was a nasty game. I mean, his first throw, his first throw of the game of the season was a pick six by Minka Fitzpatrick. Yep. It was ugly. Ugly. Um, but yeah, I mean, in that first quarter, in that first quarter alone, I think there was three interceptions. One of those being that pick six by mm-hmm. the by the Steelers. So yeah, it was just a very 
drawn out back and forth, just one of those bloodbath games, but that's the AFC North. It's, it's, that's just what they're known for. Always fun. Always competitive. I like it all. There was so much, so much that came out of it. Um, we didn't even talk about the Rams. Oh yeah. We had yeah. Thursday night football. The bills just beating the Rams ass. My mom's, <laughs> my mom's, uh, enemy of a quarterback, Josh Allen dominating. She said, that, was, that, was that, was that enough to win her over? So I will give you an update on Mama Murphy. As if you if you've listened to the show and especially during Super Week, you may have heard my mom tell Josh Allen to fuck himself. It it's a it's a deep beef that she has with the Bills superstar quarterback. And she told me during that game she's going to give him a chance. She's not going to be a hater. She can respect his game. She can respect his hustle. She's uh, respectful of the rivalry and believes that Kansas City will come out on top. And I told her that's all going to go away like midseason when they're talking MVP for Josh Allen. And damn it, if I wasn't right by the fourth quarter when Josh Allen <laughs> leapt into the end zone and Tariko and Chris Collinsworth were talking about is it, this guy could be the he could be the MVP of the league wow. this year. My mom was like, this fucking guy. <laughs> Man, I was going to say that's all going to that's going to come to a halt when they play each other in Week Six. <laughs> Didn't even make it there. Didn't even. <laughs> if I, I hope Allen can take care of himself because I know he's durable, but he's been taking a lot of hits. Like he's having a little too much fun with his rushes. That dive into the end yeah, zone and first game of the season that that made me nervous, even as a uh, non-Bills fan. Yeah, I mean, you can look at the Bill the Bills schedule even leading up to the Chiefs game. They play next week at home against the Titans. Then they're on the road at Miami, who have a very, very stout defense. Just ask New England from this past week. And then they're on the road again in Baltimore, who have always been known for a very, very solid defense. Then they're back at home against the Steelers. And then they play the Chiefs. So, like, three of those four games are versus very, very solid defenses, very aggressive physical defenses. That's right. Well, my best thing that I saw from the weekend it actually isn't football related, but I wanted to bring it up and there was no way to actually really bring it up. But there was some TikTok footage or something of Anthony Davis. He was streaming himself. The Lakers, you know, number two star, Anthony Davis, Kentucky guy. He was playing 2K for the very first time. And instantly he's playing as himself on the Lakers. Instantly 2K Anthony Davis gets injured and he's out for the rest. Of the <laughs> All Anthony Davis could do was laugh. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta feel. It's on brand. It is very on brand. Well, we did not do a season preview this year. It was kind of there was a lot of deathbed situations. My voice was gone. <laughs> Scott's soul was gone. We ended up doing top ten reasons to be a Chicago Bears fan and ten Yucky. ten separated reasons to be a Commanders fan. Um, and now you have two more. They both got wins in Week One. And screw ESPN, Fox Sports, Bleacher Report, uh, Stool, fuck them all. Pat McAfee, go fuck yourself. We hey. respectfully, respectfully. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> we at the three two three, we do our NFL, we do our season previews one week into the season. I think that's the smart way to do it. Right when it's 
peak overreaction time. We can figure out a way to navigate our preseason thoughts with our overreaction Monday thoughts. So I think it's time to do a one week late, but fuck it, 22 NFL season preview. Oh, plenty of expectations around this chat. We have two Commanders fans, a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. There's a Chicago Bears fan somewhere sleeping. We know that she believes Super Bowl, baby. Duh, Bears. That's all I got in the text. I'm sorry. Um, I want to get first into expectations for our individual teams. I believe we all have reasonable expectations. Scott, what is your reasonable expectation for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Two words. Super Bowl. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, I mean, if you, no, I mean, yeah, look at it for, uh, in the grand scheme of things. You got the NFC, which, I mean, it's up for grabs. There's no yeah. one team that's a, ahead of everybody, especially like, like we just talked about a little bit ago, the Bills and the Rams game this past week. The Bills just completely put the brakes on the Rams. Um, and then you got to think about all the weapons that Tom Brady has at his disposal on offense. Um, all the defensive starters that are returning. This is looking like an, another Ian Rapport came out saying that this looks like Brady is going to be his last year in, in Tampa Bay or maybe in the NFL. So I think it's one that the last big push Tom's going to have in him. So that's the expectation. Nothing more, nothing less. I think that's reasonable. Honestly, that really is how it should go. And it, it, We'll go into uh, some of my predictions later, maybe. Zoo, what are your reasonable expectations for the Washington Commanders? Uh, reasonable expectations is that we can be a dynamic team that scores a lot of points and can put up a decent fight. We are definitely going to have a lot of what-the-fuck-were-they-thinking plays, but there is a possibility <laughs> of getting the division, maybe even getting a wild card, and putting up a fight in the first round. That's very reasonable. That sounded so yeah. that was so well thought out. Eloquent. I, it was very eloquent. <laughs> I felt I felt like Man. it was like a yeah, it felt it felt uh calming to me. And um you uh, people that have listened to the show, you realistic guys, expectations are my religion. You guys <laughs> here, you understand the almost cynic I've been about this football team over the last few months. Ever since the name change happened, I've been on teetering on the edge Reasonably. of losing them to this team. Deshaun Watson would have killed it. Everybody was starting to kill it. I felt negative, but I was trying to give myself hope. But now that I've been to a game for the first time ever, and they got a win, they won 75% of that game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who had the number one pick this year. Um, we got a big win. Last year. We got Carson Wentz moving. <sighs> I think you're missing the biggest key out of all my, of it. My reasonable last game. What is it? Hype me up more. I mean, you just you said it before. You like you just kind of like just brushed past it. This is the first game you ever went to. It's the, you it came is. away with the win. Yeah. So what, what I hear is that maybe you should just go to all the games. It, That's honestly, what I told him. Listen. Listen to me. Look at me. Every DC United game I've been to, they have won. Every Commanders game I've been to. Now, so you're the X Factor. They have won. You're the Dante Hall of the Commanders? Like, you just need to go to the games? I was not going to buy any more merchandise from them. I was going to do China, DH Gate it the whole way. But now I have a Commander's shirt. I have this mini Matt helmet. 
I have a sign that says take command, but it's kind of ripped in the middle. So wow. it just says like, like t- uh, command. Oh, where did I put mine? I'm going to go from near cynic and I'll just say uh, Zoo did the eloquent, reasonable stuff. Fuck it. I'm going to say Super Bowl, baby. Yeah! Let's fucking go. Let's go. Let's fucking go. <laughs> I'll do it. It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to be a shame when Tampa knocks you out of the playoffs again. Bring that shit up again. I'm already hype enough <laughs> from that win against the Jacksonville Jaguars who almost won Super Bowl a couple years. We will start Taylor Heineke if we see Brady in the playoffs. I'll start fucking Mark Sanchez again. We're going to win it. Start running, start running the Wildcat. Up. Have Wentz and Heineke out there at the same time. Wentz, you just never going to happen. You can give me Wentz. You can give me Heineke. You can give me Pat fucking White. We'll get out there. Oh, God. We'll get that that ass. You stole the Super Bowl from us a few years ago. I still do not forgive Tampa Bay or that bitch Tom Brady. Giselle was right. Giselle should leave him. This whole thing is rigged. They stole our Super Bowl. That was our game. We have yes. mocking up Taylor Heineke jumping yes. into the end zone. The commanders are here, baby. They are doing it. Yes. I'm fucking Let Skip Bayless of the Washington the Commanders. I'm here. I'm taking command. We have a dog in the end zone. His name is Mando. We have a Commandalorian theme on this show. We are going <laughs> all the fucking way. I don't know if that'll show up in my predictions here in a couple minutes. That might play it safe there, but I'm going to say it right here, right now. Like I said, Zach Taylor should have been fired last year before the Bengals went to the Super Bowl. The Commanders are winning it all. God damn it. <laughs> I just love how your hype voice isn't you putting any more inflection into what you're saying. It's just you turning the volume up just, like, just, just a couple more notches. That's all it is. Speaking a little bit louder. That's how you know it's real. Man. I mean, how do you think you it was sitting next to him at the game? Like, I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. He was like, shut him down. Hooray. Hey, hey, shut him down. There was one time. You know what? I, you, I, were so, you were so convincing. I'm almost to the point where you might put a fence and just become a Commanders fan. It might, it might stay. You do that and bring 47-year-old Tom Brady over command, here. Take and we are going to win a Super Bowl with 47-year-old Tom Brady and Taylor Heineke. We're going to put Brady on the bench just so Heineke can yeah. get in there and win it himself like he should have two years ago yeah go monarchs (laughs) (laughs) oh do you yeah (laughs) i thought you were talking about those fake nfl teams during madden when you can do create a team oh god (laughs) okay i'm calm now i'm calm (laughs) i'm back do you need to go take a walk really quick (sighs) okay we're here let's go to that was a great game though Let's go to other things. There are plenty of storylines that we can follow and watch for this season in the NFL. <laughs> and I would like to know from each of us as we're doing our preview, our fuck it, we're one week late preview. What is the biggest storyline that you're each looking for, forward to, or looking at this NFL season? Scott? I'm still locked in with my Zoom. division. It could be because I haven't watched highlights from any team yet, but like, is Jalen Hurts their under center answer in Philly? It's that is yeah. a huge factor. Apparently, he didn't really throw for much yesterday. It was just a lot of the run game. It was. I don't know what to think of it. It's it's one of those things like week by week it could change up, but I think that has the biggest with Dak out. That is the biggest impact on how the NFC East is going to roll. And 
yeah, his his development and what comes out of it for the rest of the season is just so intriguing to me. It was such a high-scoring game against the Lions. Yeah. I mean, does that say a lot about the Lions or does it say a lot about the Eagles? Like 38 points from the Eagles. Their Heisman winner, number one pick last season, Devontae Smith, did not record a single catch in it. Jalen Hurts was mm-hmm. all over the field. He was killing them. But like you said, it's against Detroit. It, is Detroit real or is it the Detroit of last year? And they were actually able to put up some points on a Philly defense that we are expecting to be a lot better than 35 points. Yeah, because we could say the same about our team, but we were also garbage last year as well. So we're going to win yeah. the Super Bowl anyway, as you heard. Scott, the biggest storyline that you're following? Um, it's probably not the biggest storyline in all the NFL, but something that I'm kind of keeping a tab on is Tua in Miami. I think he needs to play out of his goddamn mind this season to solidify being a starter in the NFL, especially with the 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 very it, it, it's almost like you can kind of see it for the next five years, a solid quarterback crop coming out of college. Um, he's gonna have the heat on him, even with Teddy Bridgewater being there right now. I could see McDaniels making a pivot if Tua isn't doing what he needs to do and just pivoting to Teddy Bridgewater at this point. Um, I mean, even looking at his brother, I mean, his brother is the starting quarterback in Maryland right now. Yeah. This past week, he went like 27 to 40 for like almost 400 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, granted, it's yeah. Maryland. They're playing Charlotte. But still, I mean, there's so much parity in professional sports as it is now and even in, in college that you need to be on your A-game at all times to even have a chance of staying in that role. That's a 100% true. And I think that is – I can uh, – that was on my short list for it before I saw that you had it. Uh, Tua is going to be fascinating to watch. And even from game one there in the Mike McDaniel era, Tua threw for, I believe, 290, 292 touchdowns, but apparently was still very unimpressive. Still – wildly unimpressive Tyreek Hill we can see now is not just a product of Patrick Mahomes Tyreek Hill was still doing freak stuff for the Miami Dolphins he's a great athlete Dolphins are not going to ruin his career Tua though is still a mystery we're in year three for him and as you said Teddy Bridgewater's there Teddy Bridgewater is one of those two quarterbacks that when he gets on your team guarantee he's going to start a game or two at some point during the season. You don't know at how some point. Tim and Tyrod Taylor. I guarantee Tyrod Taylor is going to start for at least a game for the New York Giants because he just does. It's some deal he made with the devil. He will always play some games <laughs> during the season. He'll be the backup first. And then he'll get hurt. Somebody will stab his spleen. As long as somebody is I was about to say, unless someone stabs his other lung. Yeah, exactly. So I agree with that. That is going to be very fascinating to watch. Um, the, my biggest, I was tied between two. Originally, I was going to say it's the Browns and Stefanski and seeing mm-hmm. how they do 11 games without Deshaun Watson after giving up so much for him. Also, you know, pulling in Amari Cooper. They got Jadeveon Clowney back. They lost Jarvis Landry. They uh, obviously lost Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, everything's a little reshaped and Jacoby yeah Jacoby Brissett is going to be starting these first 11 games and looked actually pretty all right in game one uh they had a good first win there they pulled it out uh and I'm just curious to see how the Browns are going to look without Watson how Stefanski how does Kevin 
Kevin Stefanski. Stefanski. I, I just stroked out there for a minute. Uh, <laughs> it's a white person name. It's okay. Yeah, it, it'll trip me up. It'll trip me up <laughs> over here. Kevin Stefanski, great. I think a great head coach. I'm curious to see how the team performs without a, you know, the superstar quarterback they traded for, if he can survive that and what they look like after Watson gets there. But Sunday night football kind of changed it for me because I didn't want to go the stereotypical route that, you know, first take and the first things first will go with being the Cowboys. But the Cowboys are fascinating to me and how this season is going to go for Mike McCarthy. They looked awful before Dak's injury, before Dak even got hurt. And you can maybe credit that to Tampa Bay's defense. They have some great players in Levante David, uh, Devin White, just all around, all around their defense. It's incredible. But you have Dak Prescott. You got Ezekiel Elliott for all the hype that Jerry's him. Tony Pollard's back there too. CeeDee Lamb is supposed to be great. He's wearing the 88. Uh, they went all in thinking that Michael Gallup can do it for them. He won't be back for a little while. They let Amari Cooper get away. They're going in on Dalton Schultz at tight end. They didn't add any O-linemen, and it showed last night as they lost Tyron Smith, who tore his hamstring so bad that it apparently came off the bone. The only person that was really like saving grace for the Cowboys last night was Micah Parsons. And, you know, Trayvon Diggs to some extent, but they just look undisciplined, just like they did during their playoff loss. You know Mike McCarthy. Everybody at this point knows Mike McCarthy can get you your season wins, but you're also picking it up off of a talented team. Mm. They were not even He's doing that. way out the door. They weren't doing that last night. You had, you've now lost Dak Prescott for who knows how long. Their season pretty much already looks like it's in the toilet. And you just start to wonder, how. You fire Mike McCarthy, seems like a given. What else can the Cowboys possibly do to get back into that window? Or is that window totally closed from a few years back when Dak Prescott first came to the team, took over for Tony Romo? It looked like they could win a Super Bowl. It looked like they could win a Super Bowl every year, but that is slowly, slowly, but surely going away. I don't really don't know what the Cowboys can do, and I love it. I love the possibility that they explode. Everything, all those cowboy fans' tears, that same picture that they show of that guy holding his girlfriend who turned out to be his mistress while he's in tears. It created more drama there. Cowboys fans can suck it. They sucked at the Commanders game yesterday. One of them came in the bathroom while I was trying to dry my hands. He asked me, hey, where are the Cowboys fans go to the bathroom? Fuck you. I don't know. You're the command. You're at FedEx Field. You're in the command center. Get out of here, Dallas fans, you arrogant pieces of shit. Your team sucks and mine's going to go oh, to the Super Bowl this year. Oh, those on the escalator with me. Yeah, yeah. And they were, even, they were worse than the Eagles fans that were getting reprimanded by some cop. Shout out to John. <laughs> shout out to J- Did you see the <laughs> fight that Philly broke out of the to- Cowboys stadium afterwards? You Good, the, fuck them. You see the trash that they, they like were throwing at Dak down- Prescott as he was leaving the field? <laughs> they pushed down this dude that was wearing, like, a black jersey with gold numbers on it. It wasn't even a buck. And they pushed him to the ground. Everyone was just like kicking and punching him until security came in. Well, you play the game. That's what happened. I mean. But yeah. We were going <laughs> up the escalator. And there was like Commanders fans and these two like old ass Cowboys fans like going at each other. I was trying to be nice. I was like, hey, man, you ready for your game tonight? And he was like, yeah. 
most are ready to roll in those benches like we did last year in your field. I'm like, like that's uncalled for. Fall off the I, fucking steps for all I care now. I was trying to be nice to you. No, but <laughs> I, I don't think there's really too. anything for Dallas to do. That's the thing because, like, I mean, you got you got Dak who's knocking on the door at thirty. There's no draft cap. There's no trade capital there. You know, no one's going to want to trade for him and, and give anything up. I mean, the only pieces that you would have available to trade to potentially try to hit some kind of reset button would be Zeke, just based off of his name. But you look at his stats from last season, was very, very unimpressive. And the only other person on that offense that you even have a chance of trading to get something back for would be C.D. Lamb. But they just – he's not – he's he's 23. He's like the next cornerstone of that franchise. They're not going to get him in. So I don't think there's really much for Dallas to do aside from doing a head coach change. Use the R word. Oh, reset. Rebuild. Rebuild. (laughs) Well, Jerry Jones is so inept when it comes to building a team. That's the thing. Like he just needs to sign the checks and actually just bring in a GM who actually knows what the fuck he's doing. Well, he's also deeply impatient too, because he knows he's (sighs) respectfully on death's door. The man is, uh, he looks like the Crypt Keeper. I don't know how old he actually not, is. Not soon enough. Yeah. Well, according to Cowboys fans on Reddit, they were saying that, you know, they can fire McCarthy all they want. It was my favorite, favorite comment. They can fire McCarthy all they want, but they know the problem is always going to be that ghoul in the owner's box. That is like the worst thing that you can call an old person is a ghoul. Like <laughs> And it's exactly what he is. It's he has been plaguing that team. And yeah, I'm just curious to see where that goes. Another thing. Well, it's like, so when did Jerry Jones take over being a GM? Like in 89 or 90? Yes. Mm-hmm. So he, so he had that one bright spot in the mid nineties with Aikman and that whole, uh, who is still in my eyes, vastly overrated as a quarterback in oh, NFL super, history. Super but, overrated. but he had that one stretch of three to four years in the mid nineties where the, the Cowboys were actually being productive. And that's what he's used to like to actually justify anything that he's been doing since then. And, like he just needs to back the fuck up. And he never will. He'll never back that ass up. No, not with his, no, not with his, his personality and his demeanor. He's never going to let go of that control. He's like Vince McMahon of the NFL. He's never going to let go. That's a perfect, that is a perfect comparison. He is the Vince McMahon of the NFL, and he is much more powerful than I think people actually realize. So we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Another interesting thing that I wanted to bring up, too, is the Lamar Jackson situation and his contract and how mm-hmm. you can compare that to Dak Prescott from a few years ago when we kept asking, what how, how much is that going to get? Is he going to get the contract? Lamar Jackson's going to play the entire season out without a contract extension. We've seen this in Baltimore before with Joe Flacco. It can motivate some players. Joe Flacco had one of his best seasons and then won a Super Bowl that same year and got paid for it. I could see Lamar going off and doing the same. He already did it in game one, throwing some beautiful deep shots. Uh, Dude is MVP caliber. He's a contender for it every year. This could be the time. So it's going to be interesting to watch. Well, especially because he just turned down that he just turned down that five year extension that was worth two hundred fifty million. Yes, mm-hmm. and I think the only reason why he does he declined it was because it wasn't fully guaranteed. It was only like guaranteed for like one thirty. Yeah. And you throw up an MVP season and you know an AFC Championship appearance to a Super Bowl appearance, he can get that money. He can get that Deshaun Watson money that he's he has for. to produce exactly and stay healthy. So it'll be curious to watch. Um, do it. That prediction. I'd like to know a bold prediction from each of you as we do 
in season previews. So, Scott, I want to hear, what is your bold prediction for this NFL season? My bold prediction? You want to hear mine first? You sure you want to start this way? I want to hear your bold prediction. All right. Scott's bold prediction for the NFL, the 2022 season, is not only will the Packers not win the NFC North, but they also will not be going to the playoffs this year. You took half of mine. <laughs> Book it. Well, Zoo, what's your bold prediction? <laughs> That's now been stolen by Scott. You all can combine here on some analysis. Uh... Oh, you killed him, Scott. You broke him. You really yeah. did. You broke yeah, his bold right. prediction. You really did. I'm running on fumes right now. <laughs> I can piggyback on that a little bit. I think, I mean, I can see, I can see where you're, where you're going with Green Bay just kind of falling off this year. They lost Devontae Adams. They looked like shit yesterday for Devontae Adams had more receiving yards than the entire Packers receiving core, which is a uh, pretty beautiful. My bold prediction for the year is I'm going to say Baker Mayfield. He's going to have a Pro Bowl season, and he's going to take the Carolina Panthers to the playoffs and win the NFC South. Wow. Sorry sorry to hit you with that, Scott. Sorry to take that away from your bucks. You know what? I hope he does it. I hope he does it. Good for Baker. Doesn't mean Tampa Bay can't make it in. I think that could still sneak into some predictions here. And I want to close it out with predictions. We have to do – we did this last year, and it went – uh, somewhat successfully, I said Zach Taylor was going to get fired from the Bengals. The Bengals <laughs> made it to the Super Bowl. Scott said the Chargers were going to win the Super Bowl. They didn't make the playoffs. Uh, nope. Ray made some good predictions, but then he went to space, and we heard him from space for one Sunday Hangover episode, and we haven't heard him again. So he's somewhere in you know the interstellar region that Matthew McConaughey wound up in. So he's in the walls. Yeah, <laughs> he's in the walls. <laughs> We have to go to predictions now. I want to get predictions for the playoffs, and I want to get division winners from all of us. So I will start with the AFC North, and I am going to say the AFC North winner will be the Baltimore Ravens. Scott? Um, It's a toss-up between the Ravens and the Bengals, but since I don't want to agree with you with anything, I'm going to go with the Bengals. We're going to squeak away with it. Okay. Zoo, do you want to roll with the Browns? No. <laughs> no, nah, the only Browns I'm rolling with is my skin tone. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. for the culture. Uh, I really don't like supporting the Ravens, but I feel like they're the only like fully put together team right now. So we'll take Baltimore well, Ravens. Now it's Kyle Fuller. <laughs> yeah, Kyle Fuller's out now. Um, I also Steelers play- are too big of a question mark right now. It's- an issue yeah 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 i don't know how trubisky's gonna hold up and i don't know if uh kenny pickett and his baby hands will you mm-hmm. know, be able to be ready well now you have Najee with a foot injury too that could yes it could linger pretty well like you just never know what they're gonna get now afc south i am going with the indianapolis colts yeah colts. Okay. you're going colts scott i'm going colts yeah yeah it's the only one that makes logical sense zoo I'm still taking Titans. Let's go on Titans. Okay. I like it. Okay. Um, I have more faith in Matt Ryan than I do right now. All the Ryans. 
AFC East, I am going Buffalo Bills. That one seems kind of easy with how this is going. Scott? I think that's Bills. unanimous. Yeah, we're all Bills. <laughs> yeah, okay, Bills. Buffalo Bills. Just beep, beep, beep. Second year in a row, I think we all went Bills. AFC West, that is a little tighter. Ooh. That is a little tougher, but I am going to go. I, I want to say it's safe, but it's not too safe looking at this division and the talent that you have there. I'm going Kansas City Chiefs. You're welcome, Ooh. Mom. I'm going back-to-back years with the L.A. Chargers winning the AFC West. At some at some point, it's going to hit. It's got to hit. It's got to hit at some point. <laughs> Zoo, who do you have in the AFC West? In the AFC West, for people listening, you have the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson and the Broncos, Derek Carr and the Raiders, and Justin Herbert and the Chargers. I have Chiefs with Chargers and Raiders making it to the wild card. I, look at us. Oh, no, wait. I don't have the Chargers. I don't have the Chargers making it to the playoffs. My wild cards. You son of a bitch. My wild cards for the AFC are the Bengals, Broncos, and Raiders. I still believe the um, Bengals can. I believe the Bengals will rebound from what happened there in Week One. Joe Burrow yeah. will get nasty again. Joe Burrow. On to the NFC. I have the Green Bay Packers winning the NFC North. Directly wow. going against you guys. I got the Minnesota Vikings in the NFC North. Zoo. Let's go to the Vikings this time. Roll with the Vikings, okay. Let's go. Uh, Let's go. <laughs> oh, the NFC South. Hello. NFC South. I already said I'm rolling with the Carolina Panthers. I've got the Panthers. And I already said Tampa. We know Scott's got Tampa. Zoo, you want to take Atlanta? No. <laughs> what about the Saints? You want to take the Saints? They look on fire. You see Jarvis Landry put it up yesterday? Famous Jameis. I could see Saints being a wild card, but I'll go with the Bucks. It's going with the Bucks. Okay, that's fair. NFC East. Always uh, contentious. Ooh. Um, I know what I said earlier. I know what my bold prediction was and that long-ass rant. But uh, I also don't want to jump into full recency bias. I wouldn't have said it last week, so I'm going to I'm going to go with my brain here and say that the Eagles are going to win the NFC East. Scott. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm going with the yeah. Eagles too, but I am making a minor change to my wild card teams now that I know what's going on with Dak. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Zoo. Yeah, Eagles. Going Eagles. Yep. Okay. And. NFC West. It was the source of a lot of contention last year in our predictions. The NFC West, you have the San Francisco 49ers, the reigning Super Bowl champion, LA Rams, Geno Smith, the Hall of Famer, and the Seattle Seahawks, and the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> that, line gets me every time. <laughs> that line gets me every time. Hall of Famer, Geno Smith. No, it's it's the Rams. I mean, you got the, everything going on in Seattle right now. It 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 would be a miracle if they make the wild card. And then you got Trey Lance first year at the helm. And then Kyler Murray, I think call there's a new call of duty coming out this fall. So he's not going to be doing any kind of grain day prep. So he's going to be playing video games all week. Uh, so, yeah. And Lance, we do not trust Rams. You know what? In Lance, I do trust actually. I think what happened wow. yesterday in Chicago could happen to anybody when you have your field literally ripping apart. Water and Justin Fields doing belly slides across the end zone. Uh, and well, an O lineman, it was an O lineman doing a belly slide right behind him who I thought was just going to clip him from underneath his legs and just <laughs> ruin his season. 
Thank God that didn't happen, but I still am taking, I am taking the San Francisco 49ers. I think they will rebound. I have learned not to doubt Kyle Shanahan. And I think Trey Lance can do well. And if he can't, Jimmy G has shown that he can lead that team to the playoffs and, and deep into the playoffs too. Um, my wild card teams for the NFC, I have Tampa Bay making the wild card. I have the LA Rams making the wild card. I just don't see them doing as well. I see Stafford kind of taking a drop off. Regressing. I have, and, I, and I feel like Cooper Cup also has to regress a little bit. I feel like people are going to be prepped for him. Well, after that triple crown. Yeah. yeah. And finally, I have the Washington Commanders. Legitimately, Ooh. even before the high of yesterday, I have the Commanders okay. making the wild card spot. See, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one because I did have the uh, the – the predictions that I had already were from pre-week one, so I had the Cowboys sweeping in with the wild card. But everything going on right now in Dallas, I'm actually going to kick them out and actually have Washington going in there in the wild card. Um, joining them is going to be the Niners and then also the Detroit Lions. Whoa. Oh, Holy shit. Whoa. They're going to squeak on in there. Oh, my goodness. Okay. All right. Zoo, you have any surprises? Can't think of any, anybody that's even more surprising than Detroit. Just like throw in as a joke. No, I was going to do Saints, Packers, and again off the win high the Commanders. If the Lions make the playoffs, Dan Campbell definitely has to win Coach of the Year. I don't care if they oh absolutely on some like shit record. You gotta get him. You gotta get him in there. Okay, well we've got our division and we have our playoff predictions, so we're just going to skip right through those playoffs and get to the. We said meat and potatoes earlier. This is the the meat, the potatoes, the dessert, the wine spilled on top of it. We're flipping the table. It's the Super Bowl predictions. I need to hear your Super Bowl predictions. Scott, we will start with you first. Who is making uh, the Super Bowl and winning it? I'm going to go very chalk here with my prediction. It's going to be Tampa Bay not only going to the Super Bowl, but – Winning the Super Bowl over the LA Chargers. Look at the Chargers, Mickey. It's the same prediction as last year. <laughs> right, let's go. Listen, I, 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 I'm a, I, I'm a man of growth. I'm a man of learning from your past mistakes. I picked the Chargers to win everything last year. That bit me in the ass. So I'm not going to give them to this year. I'm going to the Super Bowl, but they won't win it. Maybe that'll help. Okay. All right. I can. All right. I hear you there. We'll see what happens. We'll uh, we'll have the uh, the tape ready to play around Super Bowl time again if we have to. September twelfth at eleven o'clock. Zoo, what do you have? The NFC East or the NFC is such a hot mess. I'm saying Bills Rams and it's just a repeat of day one. Oh God! Yeah. Oh, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> oh God! Hopefully, there's a good halftime performance. Where is the Super Bowl this year? Uh, not Arizona, Buffalo, not Buffalo. <laughs> Wait, is it? Uh, hold on. I think it's either in Arizona or in Vegas. Um, oh, it is Vegas. That's going to be fun. No, it's Arizona. Right. It's Arizona. Oh, uh, okay. Eh. Not as fun. It's Arizona. That's still Wait. fun. Wait. No, Super Bowl is – Super Bowl is – Vegas is 2024. It's this next season. This season is Arizona. Okay. That was a roller coaster of emotions. There we go. I'm looking at Google. We got it down. Fuck you, Google. I love Allegiant Stadium. It's beautiful from what it looks like on TV. I need to go. It's I thought FedEx looked nice. And I realized that was also the first NFL stadium I've ever been in. So, 
course it's going to look cool to me. I've only been I did the same thing. I went to FedEx and then I went to Allegiant and I was like, oh, well, this I, is what a real stadium looks I watched Sunday Night Football and I did the drone shot of AT&T. I was like, holy shit. If you guys are interested, they're currently selling package for the Super Bowl right now. Uh, let's file. Do we get press passes? Yeah, let's file for some media badges just for even for Radio Row. Ooh, let's get in there. I'm down. Yeah, I'm we'll down. Make, we'll make it work. Um, Super Bowl. I'll get, I'll get YouTube coverage. Close it out. I am. I know what I said about the Commanders are. But I also don't want to be on my high and my recency bias. Oh. I have that rant. So you're not a man of your word. I no, have that, give us I give us the realistic rant. one and the right. and the win high one. Okay, so I'll start with the realistic one. The realistic one, because of you know how the NFL is rigged and we need storylines to follow. <laughs> I have Tampa Bay winning this year's Super Bowl. Brady going out either going out in glory or deciding to win the Super Bowl and then have a, you know, Kobe Bryant farewell kind of year next year as the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. That's a thing, to get into, a prediction to get into later. That's a bold prediction. But I have Tampa the Bay hell, winning Russell? the Super Bowl over the Buffalo Bills. And it will, wow. it will once again hurt and break Bills fans' hearts as they lose another <laughs> Super Bowl. Somehow. Brady has to do it one more time from all the shit that he gave them when he was with the Patriots. He has to do it one more time for the Bills fans. So that's my realistic prediction. But uh, to close out the show, and I thank you, <coughs> Scott Elia, for being here. I thank you, Zuhair Ali, for being here and getting into these predictions and my uh, bold predictions and realistic, as you heard, realistic Super Bowl predictions, Tampa Bay over Buffalo. But if you want to get real, if you want to get really real as I stall for time so we can get a full week one in here, Denver, Seattle, Seattle is up 17 to 16. There's 30 seconds left on the clock. Russell Wilson is trying to go here. Four oh, I'm, wait, just ahead. Fourth, I'm just ahead of you. Fourth, fourth and five? What is happening? What happened? It's twenty. You're ahead there's 20 you. seconds left. They took a timeout. They took a timeout. So we stalled. Doing illegal coverage of NFL games that we should not be doing. Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck They're fuck not. Goodell's not listening. And if he is. Oh, tag will be watch. We're trying to get on radio, Roger. Get us there. <laughs> Troy Aikman continuing to look like a white Jay-Z. <laughs> i can't see it it's true <laughs> it is weird to see troy aikman and joe buck here on espn and on monday night football i don't like it just in case you were worried it was weird to see eminem on detroit lions talking like a normal person <laughs> Did he i made very uncomfortable like he was just oh, being like very observational no. and then snarky remark <laughs> scott do you want to give us play by play since you're ahead <gasps> uh, yeah, they just went you for a field goal. He missed it, but they called timeout. Awesome. Oh. So now he's got to do it again. Oh, it's Brandon McManus, kicker for Denver. Broncos. McManus, yeah. Wonderful mustache. Top five mustache in the NFL, I believe. Oh, it's solid. The fact that there's Dick in one kicker's name and Anus in the other one's pretty funny. What? <laughs> it's Dixon <laughs> and McManus. <laughs> All right, support attempt. He's lining up, lining the kick up now. All right, here we go. He's on the left hash mark on their 55 kick. It's up. You think you're Justin Tucker, son? Did he make it? Oh, no. I'm 64. 
barely missed it. Oh, barely missed it to the God. left. The Seattle Seahawks. Wow. The Hall of Famer, Geno Smith. Let him find Russell that resume, Wilson. man. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. He doesn't have to it, play another game. He's in there. Pete Carroll's seventy-something-year-old self. I'm sorry, Mister Unlimited. Your night was ruined. They are the only NFC West team to win today. Wow. He had enough leg on it; it just barely hooked left in the last second. That's insane. He's no Justin Tucker. Bet he can't sing nope. opera either. Justin would have done that. <laughs> the Seahawks mascot caught it. <laughs> Sign him up. Sign him on the Bears. Uh, All right. That is week one. That's enough stalling now. That is week one of the NFL. It is in the books. Again, thank you, Scott Elia. Thank you, Zahir Ali. We have our Super Bowl predictions. Scott has Tampa Bay. Uh, Zoo has the Buffalo Bills. I have, realistically, Tampa Bay once again. And as, ladies and gentlemen, as I say, to stay safe, as always, I have to remind you, fuck Tampa Bay. You can go with the realistic shit all you want. But I know what I saw. I saw Carson Wentz looking like the MVP he should be outside of those two interceptions that he threw. And one was a freakish pick by the number one overall pick. So you can't give that to us. You can't put that on Carson Wentz. The commanders are coming for you. Every single one of you. Everybody listening to this show. Every player in the NFL that's not in D.C., which is technically not in D.C. It's in a made-up town in Maryland called Landover. But the commanders are coming for your ass. That's you, Scott Elia. That's you, Zoo, even though you're a commanders fan. That's you, Emily Sissel from the Bears. That's you, John McCann in Philly. That's you, Charlotte Haggerty, the TikTok girl that still hasn't been on the show that we've been trying to get, and she's a Jets fan. (laughs) That's you, Emily Karen, who I don't know who you're a fan of, and I mispronounce your name as Emily Carone. That was an embarrassing moment for all of us, but it's coming for your ass, too. It's coming for you, Sam Wolf, in the NBA. It's coming for you, Bradley, in your golf. Fucking golf. It's not anything like the Commanders. Commanders, coming for that ass. Mandalorian Season 3 just got announced. Grogu's back, bitch. And so is our team. The Commanders are back. Carson Wentz is our Grogu. Brian Robinson's going to come and put up 2,000 yards on a shot-out knee. A literal shot-out knee. We are doing it all. We're knocking Tampa. We're going to put Taylor Heineke in there like Taysom Hill ran for Sean Payton and the Saints. He's going to go in just on goal line runs all against Tampa Bay in the playoffs and beat that ass like we should have two years ago before the refs gave it to us. Commanders are winning it all, and I need to close the show out on that with real enthusiasm that you can hear and not see since this is an audio version of the show and everybody can see salute me zoo commanders are coming for that ass you hear it scott you afraid little bitch a little bit yeah that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it there first ladies and gentlemen enjoy your nfc season. we'll talk to you later stay fucking safe bye